0: And welcome to it. It's uh, five minutes after four o'clock, ready to uh, to go again on the Employment Law Show. Leah Moody is going to be taking the reins and steering the ship tonight. Phone calls, no problem. Bring them on. We'd love to have you here. 604-280-9898. 604-280-9898 is the way to call through. It is help at employmentlawyer.ca. That is the email address we will refer to to, uh, this afternoon. Lots of stuff to get through, including our uh, dissection of temporary layoffs. We'll get into that, negotiating severance on your own as well, and hopefully some of your phone calls this afternoon. So bring it on. We're ready to go for the next uh, 48 minutes or so. 604 Four two eight zero nine eight nine eight. Leah, take her away, pal. What do you got going for the week? That was.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm stoked to be here. You know, this is a, again an exciting, I guess, exciting. Maybe is not the exact right word, but it's an exciting time. <sighs> it's an interesting time to be an employment lawyer. Um, and this is a show, an hour that's completely dedicated to exactly that. I'm an employment lawyer here in Vancouver, uh, serving all of British Columbia, and every week, either myself or Lior, we take over these airwaves to discuss employment law, uh, okay. to talk about situations that arise in my daily practice and to answer your questions. So if you're listening in right now and you hear something that sounds like a situation that you're going through, or you want to ask a question about something that's going on in your workplace, you know, a change that's been made to your job, an employment agreement, of course, that's being put in front of you for the first time, or just something, anything that doesn't quite feel right, and you want to get some answers and clear the air, give us a call. Or, you know, if you're shy about being on air or worried about voice recognition or anything like that, send <laughs> us an email. And, and John, you said, you know, those was help at employmenthour.ca. Yep. So we're going to start, as we always do, with the week that was. Um, and that is, you know, my sort of opportunity to talk about some of the situations and files that come across my desk over the last couple of weeks. And one of the first ones that I wanted to talk about is something that I'm going to call a hollow offer Uh, I settled a matter this week where an employee's compensation was about 50% base salary and 50% commissions. Um, But I've also had a number of people hire me over the last couple of weeks who uh, have a substantial component of their compensation made up of monthly bonuses uh, and or commission payments. Really, and, and I'm sure a lot of people know it's not at all uncommon, right? For sales representatives, that's often how you are remunerated if not 100% commission-based. Uh, so you know, when, when I'm talking about uh, variable compensation, I'm talking not your base salary your hourly wage, I'm talking mm-hmm. about commissions bonuses, I'm even talking about overtime, right, because that could be variable, Uh, could be shares, any sort of way in which you are paid over and above your base salary or your hourly wage and often tied to some sort of performance, either your performance or the company's performance. So this particular uh, gentleman was terminated back in the summertime. Uh, when the temporary layoffs turned into terminations and he was actually offered what was a decent severance package in terms of the amount of months right so he was employed for 10 years as a sales representative and the company offered him 12 months of pay but you know this is why you always need to seek legal advice because what does pay mean right how are they calculating those 12 months of earnings and it turns out that that offer was actually fairly misleading when you when you do the actual math I had discovered that the company was actually only offering him one year of his base salary, his base pay over the 12 month period and nothing for his commission earnings. So when you're terminated on a without cause basis, you are entitled to notice of that termination. And what that means is that at the very base foundational level, you are to be told clearly in advance of your termination date but you know 90% of the time you don't get that kind of advance notice your employer opts to pay you out instead of give you notice but if they do that they have to make you whole and right. what that means is that you are entitled to receive everything that you would have received if you had worked through that notice period and of course that includes commissions so you know in this particular situation i wrote the company a letter and in response and attempting to justify this, the employer said, well, you know, we have a policy and that says that the policy, the employee has to be actively employed to receive commissions. And again, this is fairly common and that's particularly with respect to discretionary bonus payments, right? There's some policy or an agreement out there that says that you have to be actively employed in order to receive payment. But you know, fortunately for my client, this policy didn't carry much weight and mm-hmm. couldn't be used to ultimately deny him his commissions. Number one, this policy was posted somewhere in the ether on the company's internet, right? So my client had never seen it, much less properly agreed to it or signed off on it or received consideration for agreeing to it. But number two, there's actually good law in BC and most recently at the Supreme Court of Canada that says that even with a policy that you've seen and agreed to, they don't hold any water once you're terminated on a without cause basis. So in this case, we were able to resolve for him very well uh, for a severance package that was based on his full compensation. And you know, not to get sidetracked here, but this always brings up an ancillary point about how you calculate those commissions. Um, You know, you have a lot of companies that look at the Employment Standards Act and say, well, if I'm only gonna pay you your statutory minimums, I only have to go back and average the eight weeks before your termination, and that will be your average pay going forward. But generally speaking, we take the last three years of an individual's employment in order to figure out the average earnings over the common law notice period. You know, some employers try to be sneaky about this average, right? So I've, I have a lot of, seen a lot of companies try to include years where the employee was on like a sick leave or a mat leave. And obviously that's unfair and potentially discriminatory. Um, unless, you know, of course the employer can show that the employee would have been similarly absent during the notice period, but they rarely can do that. So the takeaway here is that even if your severance period, even if your severance package says you're getting paid your commissions, do the math. Right, Because even if they're saying you're going to get your base pay plus some average for your commissions, make sure Mm -hmm. that the number that they're paying you for commissions is actually reflective of what you could have or what you were expecting to earn over the next year or however long your notice period is.
0: You want to call in and ask a question, no problem, 604-280-9898 to ask Leah a question during the duration of the show. In that regard, Sarah, thank you so much for standing by. How are you this afternoon?
2: Hi, I'm good. Thank you. How are you?
0: Great. What's uh, what's on your mind?
2: Uh, so I was just calling with respect to everything you guys are talking about. I'm really glad that you guys are sharing some of these um, inside things, um, so ultimately my... I've, I was a little confused about what happened with my partner. Um, right, kind of when COVID started and everybody started getting laid off. Um, he was one of the last members of his employment to get laid off because he was in a management position. Um, and so, when things, as time went by, he reached out multiple times um, through phone calls and emails just to see where things were at. You know, he was anxiously waiting to get back to work um, and. Each time, a response was sent back saying, um, you know, at, at this time, we're not ready to reopen. We're trying to figure things out. Um, eventually, some of his staff called him, uh, my partner, and said, hey, you know what? They, they've asked us to come back to work. Are you coming back to work as well? And he said, no, I haven't heard anything. Um, sure enough, he followed up with them. And what they'd done is they, would because they weren't sure how business was going to pick up again, they actually Brought in the assistant manager um, rather than him because of the salary difference um, and said, you know, we're just going to start off like this. And um, he'd set everything up so that it was pretty easy that the assistant manager could probably do majority of the work with all the spreadsheets and things he's created already. So um, ultimately, weeks and weeks went by and then eventually he got a phone call um Saying that not only was he permanently being laid off that day of the day of the phone call, but also uh, was going to lose his long his extended benefits, and we have kids as well. So um, Mm -hmm. he lost everything kind of in one day. And mind you, even though he did receive severance because he was with the company for two years, um, Mm -hmm. it just seemed a bit unusual to me that that companies can do this. So I just wanted to kind of hear your input on it. don't know if there's something more he should have done then but it was it was quite yeah well
1: that sounds incredibly frustrating and and you know i hope that you know if to the extent that misery loves company i can tell you that i've heard this story a lot right somebody continuously following up following up following up and ultimately they are let go for somebody who's cheaper right and that is just a very sad reality of what's going on right now
0: yeah. Um, but,
1: you know, I, I hope your partner hasn't signed off on anything uh, because, you know, number one, uh, I'm sure that a lot of people, including the employer, will underestimate what somebody who is in, who has been working for two years is entitled to. So short okay. service employees in British Columbia are entitled to like two to six months of notice of severance. And oh, wow. as I was just talking about off the top, that amount when we're talking about that notice period, it doesn't just cover salary, it will cover extended benefits, right? So if they can't keep you enrolled for that period of time, then they need to be paying you for the replacement insurance you obtain or the out of pocket right. expenses that you incur in order to keep your kids going to the dentist, right? Um, right. If, there, if there's um, pension contributions, they need to be continuing to pay that. It's every single thing that he was getting as a result of being employed there, he should be getting over the notice period. So, oh, wow. um, I very strongly recommend reaching out. Uh, obviously, this is all subject to whether or not he has an employment contract. An employment contract um, can be something that is limiting on any of those respects. But okay. if there's no employment contract or if there's no employment contract that limits him, then he's probably got substantial entitlements, and I would really recommend that he reach out.
2: Thank you. Yeah, I'll let him know. Um, I do believe he had an employment contract. And also, um, I know that he did try. I kind of encouraged him to try reaching out to somebody. And I think, um, I think at the end of the day, with whatever was written in the employment contract, I think that he wasn't able to do anything. Uh, The reason why I reached out on this call, um, regardless, is I just thought that maybe if somebody else was going through the same situation, um, you know, if it was dealt with a little differently, I didn't know how much the lawyer was able. I'm sure the the person he spoke to, I think, was a lawyer. Um, had so many mm-hmm. calls. Probably at that time, it took it took a while before they got back to us. So I don't know how how thorough oh, okay. they were, but but uh, I just wanted to put it out there. It was yeah, it was terrible. I hope nobody else had to go through anything like that. And I just thought that uh, maybe there was something that we missed in there that that could have been. So yeah, I'll get him to reach out to you guys regardless. I think it's good to know. But I please do. Yeah,
1: yeah. Thank you. It's a good learning opportunity for everybody and I hope that you guys don't find yourself in this situation in the future, but I'm happy to take a look for you. Thanks for calling.
0: Sarah, appreciate your time. Here is, uh, here's exactly how you, uh, you reach out. 604-283-3123. Again, 604-283-3123. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is email as well. We'll take a short break and right back to it. Make like Sarah. Make that phone call. Get some quick information. Go down the right road. 604-280-9898 is the number for the remainder of the show here on air. We'll continue. Employment Law Show on CKNW. And welcome back. It is uh, 4.20, still tons of time for you to call through and ask your questions. We invite you to do so, 604-280-9898. You can email help at employmentlawyer.ca. And by the way, when we're not doing the show, you want a wealth of information that's absolutely free and anonymous. That would be pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You go there, there's all kinds of things on severance or whether you've been temporarily laid off, are you a full time worker or not a full time worker. There's even a bit on disability law there as well, so you want to check it out. Absolutely free and anonymous, as I mentioned, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. .ca is the way to uh, to get a hold of that. And there is, of course, contact information at the top right of the website. Phone calls always top priority before we get to our topic for the day. And uh, in that regard, Al, thank you for taking the time. How are you? There is, of course, hey, Al. Hello? Hey, go ahead.
2: Yes, uh, I started a job, and uh, in three months I was supposed to get $2 more an hour, and benefits are supposed to be kicking in. And then I look at a little over five months later, and all of a sudden they're deducting $210 off my check for these benefits. When I didn't think I was going to be paying for these benefits, I thought it was additional to my uh, check. Is there some way of saying, hey, this ain't right?
1: Um, if there's something in a contract or even an email exchange, if you have anything in writing where the employer has indicated to you that this is going to be something that you don't need to pay for in any sense, then yes, absolutely. You could say that that's a breach of contract and you shouldn't have to pay for them. But I will say that in 90% of cases, uh, employees who are enrolled in a benefits plan have to share, pay their share of premiums.
2: Because yeah, it was a total surprise, it was just taken off my check. No notice, no nothing. All of a sudden, my ten you know, this money is off my check. And it, it seemed like all, all the way along, people are nobody else is paying benefits. When I asked for my benefits, they didn't say I had to pay for them, and then all of a sudden, it's deducted off my check five months later. There's so, uh, uh, I is that is it? the 200 200- minimum? Hmm?
1: Well, I mean, I, I would ask them about it, you know, to the extent that you don't know maybe what $210 a month sounds actually fairly steep for benefits premiums. So you might want to, you might want to double check to make sure that that actually is what's going on there. Um, and, you know, if they've enrolled you in a whole host of benefits, you know, if they have you in AD&D, uh, life insurance, disability insurance, if they've got all that good stuff and you only want extended medical and dental, maybe you can um, speak to them about paring down your benefit enrollment so that you're paying less per month but i think that unless you've got something from them in writing that says that you're not going to have to pay out of pocket at all the general expectation is going to be that some amount of premiums is paid on the employee's behalf
0: okay thank you you're welcome thanks al appreciate uh, appreciate your time you as well still plenty of time to call through it is 604-280-9898 that is how it goes you ask a uh Quick question, get some quick answers you want to carry forth from that, you can contact Leah after the show, help at employmentlawyer.ca or 604-283-3123. Okay, temporary layoffs. Let's get into this. Is a layoff, this is really important, by the way, with the um, last seven, eight months with the coronavirus, COVID-19, is a layoff the same thing as a termination?
1: Yeah, and and I'm sure that actually probably lots of people have had a crash course on this particular topic (laughs) Uh, this year um, you know 2020 has been an interesting one one for the books for sure but you know that is an important question because the two terms layoff and termination they get confused and conflated all the time right so you get a lot of people saying that uh, they've been laid off and what they really mean is that they've been terminated and understanding that there's an important difference an important legal difference between those two terms is critical and that's particularly true as we go into the fall and winter season where you know I'm at least you know personally bracing for a lot of uh, a lot of layoffs coming up so a termination is you know exactly what we were just talking about with Sarah it comes typically in one of three different forms so you've got a without cause termination which means that your you've been fired but it's for it's not for a legally justifiable reason and you're paid severance You've got a without cause termination, you've got a for cause, a with cause termination. And that means you've been fired for a legally justifiable reason, like, you know, stealing or fraud or poor performance, historical poor performance, and you're not paid severance. And then a constructive termination. And that that's a situation where you can essentially construe or interpret your employer's actions to mean that the employer is no longer considering itself bound by the employment relationship and that you've been terminated uh, so a termination is permanent right it's it's the term that we should be exclusively using when someone has been fired. A layoff on the other hand is a temporary termination of sorts it's it's sort of like a pause or a timeout in the employment relationship. And it usually arises, um, you know, in the context of seasonal employment, right? A lot of times you have construction workers who are laid off over the winter months uh, or when business is particularly bad, which is obviously what we saw over the last um, couple of months. The key difference being between a termination and a layoff is that a termination is permanent. You're not expected to come back. And a layoff is at least intended to be temporary. So you know, you go home, we're going to get our financial affairs in order, we're going to wait for winter to pass, and then we're going to recall you to work after this particular period of time.
0: We're going to continue on here with our chat about temporary layoffs. Can a company put their employers on a layoff without consent?
1: Yeah, so second only to the confusion of those two terms, this is sort of the area where there's the most additional confusion and not just to employers and employees, but even among lawyers, right? And that's particularly true for those that don't specialize in employment law. The important takeaway is this, your company, your employer does not, okay, does not, it doesn't matter if there's a global pandemic. They do not have the automatic right to place you on a layoff without your consent. It doesn't matter if it's winter, It doesn't matter if there's been an economic downturn. You can understand the reason to the 10th degree. It doesn't matter. They don't have the right to put you on a layoff. Um, And there are only two ways in which a company can gain the right to lay you off. And the first is in writing. That's the easy one. It's usually by way of a contract or some sort of employment agreement. Uh, The second is a little less straightforward, and that's through a history of layoffs of the employee Or, you know, some industry standard. So it's often an implied term in construction relationships. So if you've been laid off, you know, three winters over the last four, you can't claim then on the fourth layoff that your employer doesn't have the right to do so. Uh, that can actually even be true if you've only ever agreed to it on one other occasion, which is why this last year and the layoffs that all just occurred have been so critical. So if your employer lays you off and recalls you and you don't object at that time, your employer may then have the right to say that it now has the implied right to lay you off. But without a contract or a history of layoffs, your employer cannot legally put you on a layoff.
0: Let's take a short break, my friend, and we'll get uh, give you some time to grab a phone. You want to ask Leah a question, you should do it now, 604-280-9898, 604-280-9898. The email address we go to is help at employmentlawyer.ca, and the website for you, again, free, completely anonymous, it is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll continue after the break. Employment Law Show on CKNW. And welcome back, and good to have you along here. It's uh, 4.33, still lots of time for you to pick up that phone, make that phone call, and ask a question. Leah Moody is uh, your pro on the air, talking to you this afternoon, 604-280-9898. In between the calls, we'll continue with our uh, discussion on temporary layoffs. There's a lot of uh, misinformation about that topic, but first, we always always take our listeners first. Paul, thank you for uh, for hanging on. Good afternoon.
2: Good afternoon. Go ahead. I'd like to know what's the difference between retirement allowance and severance.
1: Uh, There basically isn't any. Um, Retirement allowance is what Service Canada can characterize a severance payment. Uh, A lot of employers will pay severance as they would a normal income. So it'll be taxed at your regular tax rate. But if you characterize it as a retiring allowance, that is a way under the CRA to characterize the severance um, in a manner that will allow you to allocate it to a registered retirement savings plan so you can shelter it from tax. And if you don't wanna put it into an RRSP, uh it's subject to a lower rate of withholding. So any amounts that are in excess of $15,000 are taxed only at 30%.
2: Because the two pay stabs, one of them says eight weeks in, eight, no, eight in lieu of eight weeks. Mm-hmm. The other one says retirement allowance.
1: Yeah, so what that, that probably, that difference is. Uh, eight weeks under the Employment Standards Act. So they're just making it clear that they're paying you your minimum entitlements under the Employment Standards Act. (laughs) And then the retiring allowance is likely the additional money that they're paying you on top. Um, You know, but I, I would certainly, you know, be happy to review your severance package for you to make sure that you are getting what you deserve. If you've been employed for more than eight years, which is what you would have had to have been to get eight weeks under the ESA, you could have pretty substantial entitlements here, Paul. The
2: problem is I worked for more than 20 years. The problem is they signed the paper. They only gave me two days to sign the offer.
1: Oh no! I'm so sorry to hear that. I, you know, the, those deadlines can feel a like deadline? they put so much I mean, pressure you on you.
2: Five or six or ten days instead of uh, three, two days.
1: Yeah, I, I wish that it had been longer, um, you know, because those deadlines are essentially meaningless. And I don't want to rub salt in the wound. But it's so important that you know for the future and anybody else who's out there listening knows for the future that you should always ask for more time. And even if they don't give it to you, your rights are still your rights. They don't expire after two days. Um, so I, all I can do here, Paul, is just say that I hope that they that they treated you right for more than 20 years with them.
0: Paul, appreciate your time. Two days, that's short by about, uh, what, a year and 363 yeah. days, actually. It's, it's a little short, I think.
1: Oh, no, no. They gave him two days to sign the package, I think.
0: Oh, okay. Oof, scared me there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I know. <laughs> the number is 604 280 9898. Always call through with your questions. Rambo, what's going on?
3: Hi. Hi, how are you? Um, Good, what's up? My, thanks for taking my call. Um, I was collecting the CERB before um, because uh, I haven't been able to work because of COVID, and now I was just actually I'm a, a amateur sports official, and uh, the, the arenas and fields, of course, have been closed up until recently, and now they're closed again. Um, I tried to call into the to the SERB line, and they're telling me I have to. Well, I mean, I don't. I shouldn't say they're telling me. I don't. I don't know how to apply anymore. Before it was auto, uh, all on the automated system. Now it's uh they want you to create an account and all this other stuff. So I'm just wondering how do I continue to, uh, uh, you know, to apply to get assistance because I I can't work obviously. So,
1: yeah. So, I mean, uh, I guess I'll answer your question first, which is to say that, you know, CERB uh, is no longer. um, So everybody's been transitioned over to the regular unemployment insurance um, plan. Um, my understanding is that a lot of people were going to be transferred automatically, but if you haven't been, um, then you'll want to go on CRA, create a my account, um, and and apply for employment insurance uh, via that portal. Um, it should be fairly straightforward. I get it, um, yeah, but, but it's not, you know, it's not if though, you... because... sorry,
3: it's not. There's a couple of questions no, go ahead. I can't remember. I can't remember what they are now that I have no idea what the answer is. I mean, I didn't apply. I didn't qualify for unemployment insurance as a self-employed person, but I did qualify for the CERB because I made more than that. I think it was five thousand dollars was what you had to have made in in twenty nineteen, and I was obviously well over that. Right. But I, I, being self-employed, I'm, I wasn't eligible for for employment insurance. So, um, you know, I don't know okay, what to so do. Okay, so what I'm I will not,
1: say. Right, is that a lot of the EI rules have been changed or are changing and it's specifically to cover people who are self-employed. Um, recognizing that there, that there's a big gig economy right now and there's a lot of individuals who are self-employed who are missing out on employment insurance benefits because of that. Um, but there's also, I think it's called, um, Canadian Emergency Response Benefit, um, or that could actually just be CERB. Um, but there, there's something else that's recently come out that is specifically for self-employed people. Um, so. Oh, I, I wish I had the link um, available because I tell you, but if but if you just Google, um, you know, uh, Canada Emergency Response COVID, you should get a complete list of everything that's available for you to apply to. Um, and if not, I, I know it's a pain, but just call Service Canada um, and you know spend the however long you need to spend on hold to get answers because that is what the people are there for. And I know that they've made a, a bunch of hirings. But what I did want to say is that if you have been laid off since march um you have also it's important to know have been terminated so you could be entitled to severance as well um, and you know if you're interested in discussing that further um looking at what your severance entitlements could be i'd be happy to chat with you further
3: yeah well i i was getting a, a little bit of uh officiating in the last uh month or so but now that's all been cut off again because of uh because of bonnie henry's uh, restrictions on indoor on indoor um sporting events so now i don't have any income again and i didn't that wasn't making it without i wasn't even making anywhere near a thousand a month i was only really getting one one assignment a week so um you know i i you know i definitely qualify i would assume but because uh, i did a qual- qualify for the serve but i i tried to uh mm-hmm. re- create the account online and there was two questions and i can't remember what they are i didn't uh have the answer for them and uh without putting the answer and they wouldn't accept the registration so it's uh you know you,
1: you know what hostile. i would do then is i would just I would just sort of take your your best, most educated guess as to what those answers should be, and you know that can all be sorted out on the back end. Um, you know what's important is that so many of these things have been rolled out recently as emergency response measures. Um, and so what's important is that you are getting the relief in money now. But, you know, it's also really important to keep in mind that if they're going to recall you to work, they can't just recall you to some games and some hours. They need to recall you to your full right. position that you had before. So if you weren't or if, you know, you've now been laid off again, you could be entitled to severance. And, you know, maybe that's not the path you want to follow, but at least get the information so that you can make that decision from an informed perspective. So, you know, please reach out if you need to.
0: Rambo, appreciate the time. you want to reach out to, uh, to Leah at a later date. You can do so, 604-283-3123. But here and now, you know the number to call through on air, 604-280-9898. Take a couple minutes here before we break. We'll get to uh, to Mike. Hi, Mike. Thanks for standing by. Good afternoon. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Go ahead. You bet. Uh,
4: my, my son is uh, was hired by a company,
3: um, and I guess there was a three-month probation Right on his Mm three-month probation,
0: he was terminated with no reason. Mm -hmm. Is that uh, something that is normal?
1: Uh, Well, that's a good question. Um, Yes, it's normal. It's not legal. So uh, a lot of employers misunderstand what a probationary period is. And John and I, I think we we're talking about this a couple of weeks ago, how we need to have a show that's yeah. dedicated just to probationary periods because it's so confusing. But I think employers see probationary periods as sort of like a carte blanche to try somebody out and just fire them if they wake up one day and they feel like it. And, you know, to some extent that's true, but there's a lot of law out there and there's a lot of good law in BC that says that if you're going to put somebody on a probationary period, you've got to actually give them a chance. So if you don't think that they're a good fit, if you don't think that they're meeting your performance standards, you've got to let them know. You've got to tell them what those standards are. You've got to tell them how they're not meeting them. And then if they continue to not rise to that standard, then you can let them go without any notice. But if you haven't done any of that, if this is sort of an out of the blue, you know, we had you on for three months and now we're going to let you go, um, you know, particularly if it's only been three months, there's a recent case on BC that says that that is illegal and that's technically a wrongful dismissal. And that entitles, uh, I think you said it was your son to notice, entitles your son to severance. Really? Okay. So you want- oh, yeah.
0: Yep. Oh, Mike, I think we lost you oh. there. Call back if you can, Mike. I think your line just dropped out. Uh, we're going to take a break anyway. Mike, give you some chance to uh, pick up the phone and, and call back. Jazz, see you there. Hang on. Don't go anywhere. You still have time as well to call through and talk to Leah. Ask a question. 604-280-9898 is the number. Employment Law Show on CKNW. And welcome back to it. You still got lots of time to uh, call through, ask your questions as we sit here at uh, 446. We're going to keep going, 604-280-9898, 604 280 9898 is the way to call through. By the way, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is the website you can use absolutely free of charge and full of employment law information there. It's anonymous as well, but if you want to uh, carry through and contact Leah or a member of her team, there is a contact button at the top right of the uh, website. You can use pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. going to move on to to Jacqueline. Hi, Jacqueline. Thank you for calling through and taking your time. How are you?
2: I'm good. How are you?
0: Great. What's on your mind?
2: I have a question about being hired by working for an American company, but paid out of a Canadian um, entity, different uh, employment standard act for both Quebec and Ontario and British Columbia. Just want to know if we can be paid different and get different types of entitlements such as vacation based on that.
1: Well, where are you based out of?
2: I'm in BC, but people who are in Quebec get additional week vacation just based on their employment standard, for doing the same work, same pay, same title, same job.
1: Yeah, so that's um, wherever you're working out of for the company, um, you are subject to that province's provincial employment standards legislation. And so if this is a company that sticks to the minimums and Quebec has a higher vacation entitlement than BC, then those employees are going to be... They have to be provided with that amount of vacation uh, versus you. Right. It seems kind of discriminatory that they get this extra additional week and
2: we don't get that opportunity, even though it's an American company. But it's just by employment. By yeah. I, guess the problem.
1: I don't disagree with you. I think that sometimes having the uh, disparate um, standards province to province can cause a lot of confusion and a lot of unfairness among employees who are doing the same jobs, but that is unfortunately the system that we have.
2: Okay, thank you for the clarification.
0: Thank you, Jacqueline. Appreciate that very much. Uh, 604-280-9898 is a number to call through. Ask your questions. Christine, thanks for standing by. Good afternoon.
4: Hi there. Um, I have a question. about my daughter's past employment, she worked at a Japan. She worked at a Japanese restaurant. Um, when she was hired, they told her that she wouldn't get tips at- until after ten weeks. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. After ten shifts, until she worked ten shifts, she wasn't get getting any tips at all, and. Mm-hmm. Then um, around that time, once that 10 10 shift had passed, um, she worked a few more times. And then basically they just stopped um, uh, scheduling her to the point where she was working maybe once every two weeks. And it got Hmm. to the point where they dwindled her out so much. But at the same time, they had hired two new people. And not trying to, uh, well, I'm I'm making it what it is. Um, She got dropped down to one shift a week, but they hired two more people who were Japanese, who seemed Mm -hmm. to be working more than my daughter. And then eventually, because my daughter was only getting one shift every two weeks, she quit. And then she found Mm -hmm. out, she had heard from other people that this had happened to them as well, and they were all white. So my question is, one, um, the not getting any tips until you've worked 10 shifts, I've never heard of. And then my other thing is, is I feel like it was a bit of a racial card why they sort of dwindled down her shift. Even though they had new people on, my daughter should have had some sort of seniority, I guess. and they just said, there's not enough work, sorry. And, but anytime we would go because it was one of our favorite sushi restaurants, these two new employees were always there and working. So I guess, and, okay. and again, I, we had heard from other local kids, young people who had worked there, that basically um, they hire a, a you know, non-Japanese person, here and there, but it never lasts more than three months. They, they basically, um, their shifts dwindle down to nothing, and they're out the door. Mm-hmm. Almost like okay, they're being so let me cover they're the... the. I don't know.
1: Yeah, so let me cover the tip issue first. Um, there is no... Uh, you know, baseline legal entitlement to a rate of pay or any kind of measure of payment other than the minimum wage that's mandated through legislation and specifically the Employment Standards Act. So... Um, it, I agree with you. That's strange. It's certainly unorthodox to make her wait for ten shifts until she gets tips, but that's not necessarily illegal. Perhaps it should have been maybe a red flag, uh, but there's nothing that's necessarily illegal about that, um, as okay. long as she started getting those shifts as she was eventually promised. Um, you know um, what I will no, say no, is that she
4: never she never got any of the money from those shifts. She got zero money from those shifts she started to make money
1: on shift 11. Right, no that's what I mean, is that as long as she started making the shifts when, you know, on shift 11 and onwards, then I think that that's that's fair game. Although I agree with you, a bit strange. Very Um, strange, yeah. So the the Human Rights Code, it obviously, it speaks to race as being one of the factors on which an employer cannot discriminate. Um, so, you know, from a very technical perspective and reading, this is something that might classify um, in that category. But what I will say is that the Human Rights Code and the Human Rights Tribunal it is specifically set up to protect those um, who are historically disenfranchised. Um, And so that generally covers minorities and not uh, Caucasians. But to the extent that your daughter was um, slowly sort of given less and less shifts uh, and then she quit, it might be possible to construe that resignation as her objection to getting less and less shifts and a constructive dismissal, right? right? So an employer can't just say, all of a sudden, I'm you were working five shifts a week and now I'm going to give you one. What an employee yeah, at in that the situation same time, is entitled gonna... to do?
4: Go ahead, sorry. I was just gonna, I was just going to say, yet at the same time, he's hiring two new people.
1: Yeah, and, and giving and I think them shifts that, shift you know, that he would have had.
4: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so, so if, if she's been getting five shifts a week and now all of a sudden she's getting one, that is a reduction in hours that constitutes a termination. And so what she might be able to do is say, when I quit, what I, what I was doing in that resignation was I was expressing my objection to having my shifts reduced. And right. in that objection, I am letting you know that I take your actions as having terminated my employment, and now you owe me severance. Got it. Got it. Yeah.
0: Christine, appreciate it. We're going to, uh, going to let you go. I'm going to squeeze in another call here before we wrap for the afternoon. That would be you, Steve. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. What's on your mind? Uh,
3: what do we do uh, for self-employed people that are self-employed And it seems like it's very difficult to get, uh, like, uh, benefits when you're self-employed, you know, because you can't pay into UI. So what Mm -hmm. do we do in this situation?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, ever since COVID struck, I feel like the federal government's been playing a little bit of whack-a-mole with all of the people who have been falling through the cracks Um, you know, and, and that is particularly true of self-employed individuals. There's a huge swath of our economy that is supported by individuals who are, who would be considered self-employed. And so, um, you know, that's why CERB was applicable to everybody. And now my understanding is that the federal government is doing, is taking additional steps to make sure that self-employed individuals are covered. Um, my understanding is that the employment insurance legislation is actually being amended to make it easier for self-employed people to um, qualify for benefits, but that the, in the interim there is actually a separate benefit that you can apply and potentially qualify for.
3: So, in in in, in for example, when you apply, then the, then the, then they're saying, well, now prove your income, uh, provide the invoices, provide your bank statements, show the mm-hmm. income going into your into your bank. And all these, they make it so complicated. I mean, how do we deal with this situation?
2: Yeah.
1: I I mean, my understanding is that they were sort of um, lessening the amount of hoops that people have to jump through in order to get everybody the assistance and, you know, finances that they need on an emergency basis. But The unfortunate reality is, is that until that day comes, until they do sort of reduce that standard, um, these are just the things that you're going to have to meet in order to qualify. They need to make sure that, you know, you've, you were earning a certain amount during a, you know, X amount of time in order to qualify.
0: And we're going to leave it there for another day. My friend, we'll pick up on the uh, talk of temporary layoffs next weekend, I guess, because we ran out of time. Appreciate everybody uh, calling in and their correspondence and emails as well. We'll try to get to those next week. In the meantime, reaching out to Leah for a uh, further conversation. No problem. 604-283-3123 is that number. you want to go to help at employmentlawyer.ca. Employmentlawyer.ca, by the way, the website is where you will catch uh, links to our TV show as well, and you can always use use on your own time, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, free and anonymous website. We'll catch you again on the Employment Law Show right here, CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.